You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show Extra right here on SN Media. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Delighted to be joined by Bonneton's dream team here. I've got Bonneton's manager Alan Robertson, Kilmarnock club legend and now trying his hand at management with Bonneton Thistle. Alan, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on the show, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. No problem, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on and we're also joined by Bonneton's captain Reese Wallace. Reese, welcome to the show, it's a pleasure to be on. Hi, cheers for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Delighted to have you both on. Obviously, this is the first show we have recorded in the Scottish Football Show since the, the sad events of Tuesday. Obviously, the, the tragic loss of Walter Smith, a Scottish football legend. Obviously, we, there were so many tributes to Walter Smith. But, Alan, I want to, I want to kind of start with you. Obviously, you had the, the pleasure of playing against Walter Smith. Obviously, you, you were part of the, the Kilmarnock team as well that came up against the Dundee United team that Walter was a part of. They obviously went on to the assistant manager. What's your memories of Walter Smith? And obviously you must have had some kind of dealings with him in the, the past. Is there a particular story that kind of jumps out to you when you think of Walter? No, I mean, he was obviously just a major figure in Scottish football with his time at uh, Rangers and obviously in the United as well. Um, I mean, I didn't know him particularly well. I, I was fortunate enough to uh, play a couple of games of golf with him. Uh, and uh, a couple of meetings after uh, games when uh, Kilmarnock had played Rangers. But, you know, he was somebody who just commanded respect throughout the game. And I think, you know, everyone looked up to regardless of uh, what team they were affiliated to. Yeah, definitely. It's a sad loss for Scottish football. Reese, have you any particular memories of Walter Smith yourself as a, a fan of Scottish football? Um, I suppose... Uh... The game Rangers won at Rupert Park. I was a Kelly fan, so that game when they won, I think it was 5 1 um, to win the league. But apart from that, like you say, just an iconic Scottish figure, I would say. Yeah, definitely. It's a, a sad loss. We're going to do a special kind of tribute show to Walter Smith on Sunday. We, we're hopefully going to be joined by a couple of, of men who knew Walter well. So we're, we're obviously, it's a sad loss. Everybody at SM Media sends their thoughts to the family of Walter Smith. It's just a, a sad loss for Scottish football and obviously Rangers in Scotland as a whole. But we are going to move on to talking about talking about the show. Obviously, we've got the, the guys for Bonnet and on. Alan, I'll start with you. Obviously, it's, it was always going to be a big transition going from the south of Scotland to the west of Scotland. How have you found it so far and what's been your kind of thoughts on the season as a whole? Yeah, well, we always knew it was going to be difficult um, and it certainly proved that way. Uh, you know, we knew that the standard of the league was way above what we had been playing and we'd at the outset, we expect or we have thought that there would be a series of conferences with a mixture of teams in each one uh, rather than uh, just the Premier uh, teams who came across from the juniors along with ourselves because uh, we came from Tier 6 in the South of Scotland League. So it's always going to be hard for us. Uh, we got a taste of it in the curtailed season last year, uh, which made us... You know, that, that it's all very well known. It's going to be a lot harder, but uh, actually experiencing it is something different. 
uh, and this season, you know, we've we are where we are. Uh, I don't feel we've got as many points as we might have got uh, through our performances. Um, but uh, no, it's certainly a, a hard league. It's, it's a very good league, and there's a lot of good players in it. Reese, what's been your thoughts in the season? Obviously, you've you've just kind of joined the club. What's been your kind of overall thoughts in the the start of the season for Bonin? Um, I think just well, you reiterated it's been a difficult season. I think we knew going into it was going to be going to be hard. Um, as well, I think, I think there've been a few games like like Alan said where we feel we could have got got, got a result from that we've just missed out on. Um, I feel we've been. We've let in a lot of stupid goals that we could we could have done a lot better with, um, and yeah, just just exactly what Alan said. I, I think it's been a difficult season, but I think I think it's important to know we're quite a young team. Um, I think that I think that plays that lack of experience sometimes, but yeah, I think I think we'll find a way eventually. But yeah, Alan, obviously it was a you know when you think of Bonnet and Thistle, you think of the kind of amateur level they were they played that for many years, and then obviously switched to semi pro to join the. The south of Scotland was that you obviously came at the time when they were making that transition. How did you find the the club when you first joined, and what because what was the reason? What what was the kind of main factor of you deciding to to leave the Kilmarnock youth system, which you were part of for many years, to take on the project at Bonnet? Well, I, I think it would be wrong to say I left to take on the project at Bonnet, and uh, I mean I, I retired from Kilmarnock uh, just simply because. Uh, well, it was the time to go, I felt. Um, I had spent a long time there. Uh, and after I left, or after I retired, um, I did some coaching with uh, BSC Glasgow, uh, and then some with East Kilbride, because uh, uh, football had really been like 24-7 for me for a, a long number of years, and I didn't really just want to cut ties all at once um, and then uh, Ian Higgins got in touch with me when Bonneton were looking to put a senior team in place uh, to try and join the pyramid system through the uh, South of Scotland League and as I say I, I wanted to still be involved to some extent and it was an opportunity to join what's always been a well-run club and a well-respected club and uh, certainly Kilmarnock and Ayrshire and also in the South of Scottish youth setup. So that was really the, the driving force behind it from my point of view. Brilliant. Reese, obviously this season the kind of big result was obviously the three one one against Pollock. What was what was your thoughts on that result and how big a boost was that for the confidence of the dressing room? Um I think I think after the, the double game, I know we lost three 0 I'm gonna give it a bit of confidence. I think we went to that game almost I wouldn't necessarily feel like scared, but we were a bit kind of hesitant the full game. Um, and then from that, when it came to the follow-up game, we, we felt we had a chance. And I think on the day they turned up, first home game in the league, we all turned up. They played the role. Um, probably one of our better performances in the season. And like you say, I think from then, we thought we'd, we'd push on. We had all the potential to push on, um, but obviously didn't go as planned. But no, it was, it was a good result um, and a good team performance. So... Definitely. Alan, what was your thoughts on that Pollock game? Was that a big boost for, for yourself? Obviously, uh, can a Pollock, we see how they're kind of flying at the top of the league. Was that a big result for you to get that early on in the season? Uh, very much so, because, uh, you know, they're 
one of the leading lights and probably one of the one of the uh, strongly fancied teams to win the champ uh, the, the league. So uh, to actually win that game and you know I think we deserved it on the night uh, was was a boost for us. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't carry it into the game on the Saturday. I think we lost it quite narrowly actually. Uh, but if we'd been able to build on that, I think it would have been much better. Yeah, definitely. Reese, obviously the, the kind of season has went you know, a bit strange for you. Obviously the, the result against Pollock was, was your only win so far, the draw against Cumnock. Was that any of the defeats you've had so far that you feel as if you could have maybe got a point out of? Is that, how hard has it been to obviously go on a, kind of a run? And is it, has it been a bit damaging to the kind of confidence in the squad? I I would say, thing like I said before before you started, I think we've, we've got ourselves in a bit of a rock. And obviously, like ending with football, when you get yourself in a rock, it's quite hard to get out of that. Um, obviously, brushed off Nivdi, um, compliments down. But I, there's been a lot of games where I feel we should have got a lot, a lot more out of it. Um, I think I think we've conceded. I think I said I think we've conceded in the last five minutes to lose games in five games. Um, Cumbernauld, that happened a couple, couple of weeks ago, up up to one, and then lost three two to last minute goal again. Only our fault, but it was it was goals that were we could have dealt with and didn't need to happen. Uh, Coburnie, um, going that nil nil, and then a boy scored an overhead kick. Ah, uh, so there's been a lot of games where we where we, we probably probably should have got more from it. I think like Alan said, um, we feel a bit unjust, but then again. We need to kind of clear up in the in the silly mistakes. If we can clear up in that, I think we could push on a bit more. Um, I think that's the biggest downfall at times. Yeah. Alan, is there any particular results that can I scream to you that maybe perhaps you could have got a point out of here and there? What's kind of catches your eye and the kind of results you've had? Yeah, well, I mean, just echoing what Reese has said. I mean, I think we've lost something like nine points in the last five minutes of games uh, through. Uh, either mistakes or just becoming ultra nervous because we've been we were we weren't winning games and it's cost us. But uh, a Cumbernauld game is is uh, reset. We you know because we lost the late goal and in the second half, although we had quite a hard time in the first half, the second half we were the better side and to actually you know then lose a goal was uh, a bit. Down and of the Kirk and Tillich Rob Roy game as well. I mean, we were right in the game, and then due to our own problems, uh, we ended up players short, the players getting sent off, and uh, that ended up in another uh, defeat. Uh, that those types of things, I think, not the stuffing from us. Reese, obviously the the kind of bonnet and setups during have recently been installed. I was kind of talking to Matt to Wilson, who's obviously a part of the show the other day. We were, I went to college just down the road for, for the Synergy Arena and it was, it, I never expected that kind of type of thing to be going on there. How impressed have you been with the set-up at Bonneton and what's the, how do you see the kind of club going moving forward? I know, I've always been impressed with the with the Bonneton set-up. I mean, I've, I've known it from youth level. Um, obviously, I went away for a while, but mm-hmm. I, remember it, I remember it at youth level and it's always been a well-established club in Kilmarnock and obviously being from Kilmarnock, you kind of know what the club's about. Um, and like you say, when I heard about the stadium getting built, I didn't expect it to be as as high like as good as it would be. But it's 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 a good setup. Um, and then when I was looking, obviously 
when up moving to Bonnet. The big draw, big, big draw factor to me is the fact that it's local, um, really good setup, good training facilities, um, just right at your doorstep, like you say. Um, and I think, I think it's good for the community as well. We've not, we've not really got a junior team or a semi-pro team in Kilmarnock, apart from, obviously, Kelly and Horford, you'd say. So I think it's important that Bonnet kind of, Obviously, but this is about a second or third year, second year, sorry, in the West. So hopefully, we can just build in this year after year and just keep progressing as a as a semi-pro team and just build on it. Brilliant. Alan, what, what about the, the setups? Can I caught your eye? Obviously, as we were saying there, it's a, a magnificent stadium. It, it looks a really good infrastructure. How hopeful are you that kind of Bonneton can kind of move forward in the next few years and obviously develop youth players, which is all, which is obviously what you can see just. How many teams have got at a young age? How how impressed have you been with the kind of way Bonnet are sent about since they kind of started off at that stadium? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the facility is a tribute to a lot of the people, the trustees and people at Bonnet, and particularly people like Ian Higgins and Neil Wilson, who've put a lot of work into uh, getting the facility as it is. And I mean, it's not. A question of standing still because uh, we're currently in the process of putting in a covered area which will help spectators at all our age groups right down from from the young teams through to the uh, through to the seniors uh, so it's not as if we just said well that's it and we're going to uh, we'll move on now there's plans to keep developing and improving it uh, so you know that's that's certainly a big thing, uh, and also just providing the, the pathway for players from. Well, I mean, it starts at mini kickers, uh, going so there's a pathway right through to playing at a senior level at a good senior level. And that's obviously dependent on us keeping to uh, trying to improve our position with that. But it gives uh, kids who join a pathway to come right through and. You know, there's uh, that's that's the important thing really. And we always we've got a fair number of players in our squad at the moment who have been involved with Bonnet in the past, uh, and that's certainly something that we want to continue in the future. That we've got uh, a reasonable percentage of players uh, who have come through the system. Absolutely. Well, chat a wee bit about obviously Bonnet and later on in the show. We've got a few questions for people on social media about the the kind of hopes and expectations for the clubs. But we'll talk a bit in your your playing careers, both of you. Obviously, Alan, your, your kind of record speak for itself. Royal time record appearance holder with Kilmarnock. Legend of the club. A lot of people speak very highly of you. What were your highlights of your days at Kilmarnock? How do you look back in your time playing for the club? Well, uh, fondly, I suppose. Uh, it was the team I had grown up supporting because I came from Kilmarnock so uh, that was you know like a dream come true to, to actually go and play for them uh, obviously uh, the beginning in my career it was a, a sort of very up and down experience and that we seemed to get promoted one season and then relegated the next uh, but it was a, a hard time because there were there were probably only nine or ten full-time clubs uh, so if you were in the Premier League, uh, you were playing against uh, full-time clubs all the time. Um, latterly, uh, we, we, the, team, the team certainly went downhill a bit, but 
you know, a lot of good memories in terms of getting promotion and also some uh, sort of good cup victories like beating Celtic in the Scottish Cup in a replay uh, is probably a highlight. But uh, no, I think it was mainly just the whole experience of uh, playing for Comorne. And who were the kind of best players you played with in the days? Is there a particular kind of team you look back on in the kind of days at Comorne that you just look back with a lot of joy? Yeah, um, I mean, there were one of the teams when we had people like uh, Paul Clark, Gary McDicken and Stuart McLean as uh, defenders. You had Jimmy Clark and Ali Mochlin as midfield players. You had Ian Gibson, John Burke, uh, forward players. So that was that was a good side that you know uh, we were we could compete with with most of the teams in, at that time. Brilliant. Reese, we'll move on to you. Obviously, what were your kind of early memories of your kind of youth days growing up in football, and what was the kind of what was the kind of motivation to get a hopefully try and get a career in the game? Um, so when I was younger, I was the I was the heir United when I was younger. Um, obviously youth level, and then from there, I got released and um, moved on to Quinn and Rangers. I was on a dual contract. I was playing with the nineteens and then playing with the the, the junior team. Um, the the in Saturdays as well, mm-hmm. um, and then from there I was unsure what to do and end up getting a scholarship to America. Um, but that was actually through air was when I first heard about it, and then obviously I didn't progress on it till I was um about seventeen. Uh, moved over there when I was about eighteen. I was there for four and a half years, played at two different colleges, and then signed for a team, um, in Pennsylvania, which is like the fourth division in America. So you basically for four months of the year. Um, it's like a kind of semi-pro development league in America. Um, that was a really good start. A pretty good standard. Really enjoyed that. Um, Scottish coach as well. So my, t- my, my two coaches in America are both Scottish, which helped, helped me as well. Um, so I was there. And then after that, came back came back home and tried to tried to move on my career. I think, I think coming home, um, it was difficult being out of the game in Scotland for so long. Um, when I when I came back home, I didn't really have the same connections as to who to go to. Um, but in the summer, the year before, I was training with, uh, with the Glens. Um, and when I came back, the Glens asked me back in. Had a few issues. So uh, the past past two years have been a bit annoying for me. Football, I couldn't get signed due to international clearance issues. Yeah. Managed to get that resolved. Um, then when I got it resolved, January time, get injured. Had a hand injury and then came back and then COVID hit. Um, and then from there, when the next season came, um, obviously, Glenn didn't apply for the league, and then luckily enough, um, Bonnie came in for me and felt like a perfect fit, so so went there. So I would say this is my, it took about three years, but this is my first full season uh, back in Scotland. Uh, took his time coming, but I so that's basically, that's, that's my background in football almost. Um, Brilliant. Alan, we'll, we'll obviously touch a bit on your, your time at Kilmarnock, obviously the youth development. I'll just run through some of the players who you, you played a part in and you know breaking through into the game who went on to have really good careers. Just quickly, Gary Hay, James Fowler, Paul DiGiacomo, Chris Boyd, Craig Sampson, Stephen Naismith, our very own Rory Loy, Jamie Hamill, Cammy Bell. That, I mean, that list is just a who's who. A, kind of great Kilmarnock players who went on to establish really good careers in the game. How fondly do you look back in your time at youth development and how proud are you of some of the players that have went on to have really good careers? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it and I was supported by, you know, a lot of good people in terms of coaching the younger teams and uh, people in recruitment like uh, Willie Fisher and some of the coaches, like Andy Black, who's still there, uh, Paul Wright, who was a, a youth coach as well, and, uh, people like Ian Wendell, who gave me a lot of support. Uh, but no, the players, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I got a bit of pride in all the players, really. Obviously, uh, the, the likes of Chris Boyd and Naismith and uh, Greg Taylor, who mm-hmm. went for good fees for the club, uh, you know, says a lot for them. But then there's a lot that, uh, you know, had long careers at Kilmarnock, uh, as you mentioned, like uh, Gary, uh, Gary Hay, uh, James Fowler, Rory, Paul DiGiacomo, uh, Jamie Hamill, you know, and you now see uh, uh, Fow and uh, Paul DiGiacomo still working at Kilmarnock and, yeah. uh, and Jamie Hamill being a manager at Stranraer, which makes you feel really old, <laughs> um, you know, and others who uh, had also had good uh, careers at Kilmarnock and elsewhere, like uh, Craig Sampson and more recently Lee Ashcroft and uh, Greg Kilty. Uh, so, you know, a lot of good players uh, and just, you know, it was a time that I enjoyed and got a lot of support for. Brilliant. We've got a few. We've actually been in touch with a few of your, your kind of people that you helped in your, your time at Kilmarnock. We've got a few kind of stories to ask you about, so we're looking forward to that later on in the show. Reese, obviously, Bonnet, and you said there it's kind of a local connection to your local club. How proud are you to be the captain of, of Bonnet? Um, I, I would say I'm pretty proud. I, it's a, it's always a good thing to have. It's good to good to know your coach is um, respect enough to give you that in the first place. Um, especially being local, I mean, the uh, uh, Stadium is about five minutes from me. Um, like I say, I've always I've always known about ball. Never played them at youth level, just 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 to who who I played for. But I always always knew them from that standpoint. Um, like I would say, it's the first time I would have took on apart from in America, but the first time I've took on a a captaincy role back home. Um, I've only just received that about a couple of months ago. Yeah. So again, hopefully I can, like I say, I'm still learning. I'm still young, but hopefully I can kind of progress and hopefully it can can help me develop my game as well. Um, but I overall it's proud as well, especially being a local a local boy as well. So, so Alan, how impressive have you been with players like Reese obviously coming into the, the squad and obviously how can I, much p- potential do you see in players like Reese going, going forward in the game? Yeah, well, I mean, Reese has come in, has done well. Uh, you know, we've got a nucleus of players who were with us in the South of Scotland League. Uh, and then we've brought in a few this season to try and uh, strengthen us and give us a bit more experience. But that's certainly something that uh, we do lack. Uh, players who have got experience at playing at this level, and something that we would like to like to address. But no, I mean, although we're in the position when we are, there's a number of the players have uh, performed at a good level week in and week out for us. So you know, I've got no, got no qualms about that. And it's, it's a bunch of players who uh, work hard at, at training and uh, put the effort in there. Uh, and it's, as we said earlier on, that we just we seem to make silly mistakes. 
uh, that are, are costly in games, and we've just got to keep trying to fix that. Reese, obviously, what's it like for you? Obviously, walking under the likes of Alan and Paul, obviously two two people with tremendous legacies at Kilmarnock. There are obviously connections to the the local kind of community speaks for themselves. Just how respected they are. What's it? How do you find kind of working working under them, and how good are they to be as a coaching team? Aye, um, no. <laughs> aye. I mean, it's a it's a big draw factor. Obviously, knowing who they are and stuff. I mean, I come on it for myself. Um, it's a big draw factor, especially Alan with the right back, same as me. Um, and then Paul obviously had a, had a great career. Um, obviously, he wanted to develop the game as much as possible. Still young, um, still learning. Um, so again, like you're you're going to learn off people. You're going to learn the most off like players that have played at a high level. Um, and again, like I say, it's a it's a massive draw factor to to develop my game and hopefully improve each year, which I think every player strive to do the best they can. Um, so I would, I would say it's great, aye. Brilliant. We'll move into our quick fire round. This is where we put both of you in the spot and can I try and get you to come up with stuff off the cuff. We will start with Alan. Are you good to run through some quick fire questions about your career, Alan? Yeah. Brilliant. That was right. a long time ago, so I don't uh-huh. know how my memory will go. Well, we'll start with the first one. This is a simple one. Mark Wilson or Rory Loy, who did you see having the biggest impact in football? That's his name, my question, by the way. <laughs> uh, I think Rory. Rory, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, Messi. Best player played with? Uh, Ian McCullough. Best player played against? Uh, Tommy McLean. Best player developed at youth level? Uh, probably Stephen Naismith, but that's a really difficult one. That's a hard one. There's a lot of players to, to run through. Best character you've ever met in football? Character? Uh, Ian Durant. Very good. I've got a wee question about Ian Durant later on. Best manager played under? Oh, all my managers really, uh, there was something different because the likes of Walter McRae gave me an opportunity to play and Davis Snedden helped me along. Um, one that I felt comfortable playing with uh, was Jim Clooney, who wasn't the most popular probably with Commander supporters, but uh, I felt quite comfortable playing for him because I felt I knew what he wanted from me. Brilliant. You can pick three players in the West of Scotland League to sign for Bonnet and who would they be? <laughs> um, David Syme. Okay. Although he gave me so many headaches at Kilmarnock, that might be <laughs> a bad idea. Uh, Sam Liddington, probably, just because he scored... 25-yard free kick against us on Saturday, so I might stop him doing that. Uh, and I probably have to keep going to guys that I've played with. Or I'll say uh, the guy, Nicky Licklick, uh, Clyde Bank. Very good. Favourite other sport? Uh, golf. Favourite memory watching Colmarnock since you retired from playing? 
since I retired from playing. It's a particular memory for, for your day, for watching Kilmarnock that kind of sticks out to you. Yeah, probably more things stick out from before I actually played right. rather than, uh, you know, since then, uh, because with my involvement with uh, Bonneton and things, then I'm tied up on a Saturday, so I haven't really seen them all that often, to be perfectly honest, although probably the best was uh, the first leg of the uh, playoff. Well, no, sorry. It was at the first leg of the playoff when they uh, lost to Falkirk 1-0, but the the second leg, uh, the, when they just blew them away in the second game at Rugby Park, was probably the best since, since I've left. Brilliant. Favourite personal footballing memory? Um, as I say, being part of the team that beat uh, Celtic in the in the uh, cup replay. Very good. That's brilliant. Thanks very much for that, Alan. We'll move on to Reese. We're going to put you in a teammates little quick fire round. So it's a time to stick in your fellow teammates at Bonneton. We're going to ask you a few questions, and Alan will bring you in in this as well. If you feel that uh, Reese is saying the wrong answer, please chip in because this could be very entertaining, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on this as well. So you ready for this, Reese? Aye. Who's the best trainer at Bonneton? Um, best trainer. Oh, I'm not even sure actually. Uh, go Logan. Logan Smith. Alan, what was your thoughts? Uh, that's, a, that's a good choice. If he can't pick himself. <laughs> who's, the, who's the worst? Who's the worst? G G I Gordon maybe Who's the team Hardman? Team Hardman Who would you want in your corner if you got a bad foul? Um, maybe they're doing anything <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maybe that's part of our problem. I know, I think that is a problem. Nobody's aggressive enough. Uh, I'll just go, I'll go Logan again. He's about six foot four. He'll do no bad. Who's the most skillful? Um, probably Taylor. Trevor Allen calls him. Taylor Allen. Who's the quickest? Um... Oh, Kyle. Kyle Gilroy. Who's the slowest? Slowest. Mm. Mm. I'm going to say Walsh. He, he's all right. He's not too bad. Uh, maybe... I'll go Walsh. Alan, sure. Alan, what was your thoughts on them? Are you, any, you particularly disagree with? No, I think he's covered it not bad. We've got a few more. Who's the team joker in the dressing room, Reese? Um I maybe Taylor. He doesn't he doesn't mean to be, but he just says doesn't mean to be. He just comes, he's just got a funny he's got a funny horror about him. Um, <laughs> to him. Worst dress sense. Worst dress sense. 
I, there's a few for that, I think. Um, I've no really picked up in a lot of folk dressing. It's just kind of wee bits here and there. Or oh, uh, Big Hoose Day, I would say. I've seen him wear some weird things coming in. <laughs> Final question. Who's the teacher's pet? Teacher's pet. Um... I think it's somebody who's been there a long time. I'm <laughs> uh, not even too sure. Uh, go. Dean. Dean, maybe. Alan, who's the teacher's pet? Uh, I've got no favourites. <laughs> Everything's on merit. Brilliant. That was our quick fire questions. We're now going to open the. The floor up. We get some panel questions as well from kind of guests that we've we've had on. I'll start with Alan here. Ask Alan about the time Paul De Giacomo had in his car. Had in my car. Hmm. Don't know. I mean, I remember a few times where Paul De Giacomo uh, caused me grief, but I can't remember him actually hiding in my car. I remember him trying to drive away once uh, when he was part of the ground staff without doing his jobs, and I <laughs> ran out to stop him and I almost got run down. Um, no, I had a, had a few incidents with Jacko, but uh, I don't remember him hiding in my car. Brilliant. Ask Reese about the time he fell out with his girlfriend over a bottle of red wine. <laughs> is that me? Yeah, that's you, right? <laughs> I fell with my girlfriend over red wine. That's what I've been told. That's right. Uh, um, Source has given me that information. We follow it a lot. <laughs> follow it a lot. Don't know about red wine. See, to be honest, it's probably the tapping. I'll probably fill it. I can't remember. <laughs> what do both of you see as the biggest change in football since you started playing the game? Reese, I'll come at you with that one first. What's the biggest change in football since you started playing? Uh, probably two things. Probably think how 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 expansive and open the game become. Um, I think that, and then um, obviously VAR, uh, VAR. Um, not a fan of it, but I think that's I think that's most people's answer. Um, VAR. Alan, what's been the biggest change in football since you started playing the game that you've noticed? Well, I've been there for a long time uh, since I started playing. So, uh, even just multi-studied boots, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean even j just the whole preparation for it uh, in terms of uh, sort of fit fitness training, uh, in terms of building yourself up, uh, even to the extent that warm-ups. I mean, when I started playing. You went out at five to three and did a couple of runs, and that was you. You went into a game as opposed to now, where, uh, albeit it's been going for a number of years, there's a totally structured warm up and things behind it. So, you know, just things like that. I would say, I would say as well, um, when I transitioned from America, from Scotland to America, yeah, the difference in terms of um, how the game's run. When I went over there, it was just all athletes, very much into the strength and conditioning you're in the gym most days and stuff like that you get you get players who just weren't technically good at all but they could just run for days 
Um, so I'll say other massive difference. Probably helped my game a bit as well. It strengthened me a bit more, improved my speed and whatnot. So it gave me a bit more insight into the strength and condition involved in football. Brilliant. Yeah. We've got another couple of questions here, and then we'll move into you know, a couple more that we've, we've got through. Do the boys feel that the new setup in the West of Scotland and Development League is giving more young players a chance to progress, or is the competitiveness of the senior league restricting their chances? Alan, that's first we'll come to you for that. What's your thoughts on that question? Uh, no, I mean I think the uh, the development league is you know a, a very worthwhile thing because uh, there are a lot of good uh, teams in the uh, the lowland league side of it, uh, and players get challenged that I think prepares them uh, better for stepping up to uh, first team level. Reese, what's your thoughts on that question? Um, no, I think overall it's a good thing. Remember when I was, like I say, after I left, um, when I was younger, like my last year before I moved away to America, the boys club level, we didn't really have many teams that were connected to juniors, but kind of, it was only kind of your League 2, League 1, Championship, Premiership teams that had the kind of, the youth that had progression onto it. Apart from that, you had boys club and then you tried to get a contract with a junior team, that was kind of it. Um, lucky enough, I the team I managed time I played in Rangers that had the youth team, but majority team league didn't have that kind of setup. Um, so I think it's a good thing to have. It gives players that route straight into the game. Um, but I think, like you say as well, I think how I think the full league now has just became more competitive. Um, a lot more players are coming into it. Um, I think everyone can agree. Like the, the league probably this year is more competitive than it's ever been because they want to push on because now the junior setup's gone. Um, but I mean, at any level. No matter, you're going to, need to kind of fight for your spot anyway. At some point, you have to find a way into the team. And it was a brutal sport. It's a bit of luck and a bit of just kind of taking a chance when you get it. So uh, I don't, I don't see any negative behind it. Yeah, definitely, I agree with that as well. We've got a question here from one of uh, Alan's former uh, prodigies, Alan Kerr. Remember that name, Alan? Yes, right. Ask Alan if the team of Began, Burke, Hay, Lachlan, Meldrum, Roberts, Adams, etc. is the best youth team you've ever had. That's just because he was in it. <laughs> what are your memories uh, of that youth team? How good were they? No, nah, they, were, they were a very good team. I mean, most of that team was uh, put together by Jimmy Clark uh, and Stuart McLean and I uh, when Jimmy took the SFA job, uh, Stuart McLean and I took that team and they were uh, the first team that I was involved with at Kilmarnock. But no, they were uh, they that, they were a very good team. There was there was no weak links in that team. And one I mean, of those Matt Roberts Matt Roberts couldn't get a game for us because he was playing for the first team. The man himself actually been in touch. We have he's asked a question actually, have you ever beat Mark at a game of golf? Mark Roberts? Yeah, Mark Roberts is asking if you ever beat him at a game of golf. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Well, that's because I've never played him. How good is he as well? Obviously, he's a kind of cult hero in our channel, but how, how good was he as a player? And obviously, he went on to be a, a manager as well. What's your kind of memories of Marco? Uh, Mark was, he was always a very accomplished player. I mean, he never had any pace, even when he was young, but he had a, a tremendous football brain and uh, 
you know, a, a lot of skill that he was, and he was, he was somebody who could make a difference in a game. But, uh, and he had a great personality about the place. Uh, so, you know, it's no surprise. And the fact that he's, he was still playing at 41 or so, I think it's a great testament to him, really. Yeah, definitely. He's a, we're a big fan of him at SM Media. Next question comes from a, another former player that was, was with you at Kilmarnock as well, Stevie Murray. We've got a question from Stevie that says... Ask Alan about the time you had him. No, sorry, that's not. That's from a, another person. Could you ask Alan about the youth team bus that had a hole in the roof and we get soaked every morning? <laughs> Times were tough at Rugby Park, you know. <laughs> but that was that was in the days when uh, we trained down the, at the Magnum. Uh, there was no AstroTurf at Rugby Park. We trained at the Magnum. We we strapped the. Uh, goals onto the roof and charged down there and then put the goals up for the first team arriving. But no, the bus, the bus had seen better days. Ross Fisher, another one as well. Ask Alan about the time he of the stopwatch and the ball burst himself open. Ah, well, I've had that. Uh, <laughs> that's just because I want to be involved in the training, you see. <laughs> Brilliant. Reese, obviously, we'll come to you as well. How, what's your kind of biggest memory you've had of your kind of football career so far? And is there a particular kind of memory as a fan that sticks out to you as well? Um, I would say biggest memory for that. I'm only too sure. I think one maybe playing the US Open Cup. Um, that's like your equivalent to the Scottish Cup here, but in America, get a good experience from that. It was on. It was on ESPN, so it's good, good to make an appearance in that. Um, again, I didn't actually realise, when I turned up, I didn't actually realise it was like the Scottish Cup. I only found out in the day that it was it was quite a big game. Um, so that's probably my fondest memory in terms of football. Um, in terms of as a fan, um, I would say the one that sticks out to me, because I, I was dead young, was when was two, two times when, when Kelly stayed up um, against Falkirk. Um, so I was young enough and was going to the game. And probably when when Kelly finished third, I was I wasn't here when it happened, but I remember watching it on a live stream and obviously beating Rangers at home. I would say that's my two fondest memories. Brilliant. We've got a couple more for you, Alan. Obviously, this is from our our friend Mark Wilson. Apart from Wilson, who was your best coach at Kilmarnock? Does Wilson even make the cut in that that equation? I'll say yes in case he slaughters me afterwards. <laughs> uh, Best coach? No, there's, there was a lot of good coaches over the period, and you know, and, uh, so I would be I would be loath to pick one out. Is there any player at Kilmarnock that was released that went on to bigger and better things? And a, another part of that question was: there anyone you thought has, who would have made it to the big time, but somehow didn't? Whether it was due to injury or or other factors, but was firstly the kind of player that's that released with Kelly that went on to bigger and better things is the one that stands out. Uh, probably Craig Conway, uh, who went. Uh, it was uh, he, he didn't actually play for the team that I'm now um, justifying myself, but it wasn't my initial decision. But I went along with it. Uh, but no, Craig Conway, because he obviously had a, a really good career uh, both here and down south, and uh, played for Scotland. But uh, actually. 
I got invited back to Kilmarnock Academy uh, to give a talk to six-year pupils, a, a question and answer session. And Craig Conway had been invited as well. And the first question to him was, what was your biggest disappointment in football? And it was getting released by Alan from Kilmarnock. <laughs> so that was a bad start to the Q&A. And the other, the other side of that, is there a player you thought that would make it in the big time but somehow didn't? Uh, uh, Mark Canning uh, was one who uh, I always thought at Kilmarnock um, had a capability of doing well uh, and it never happened for him. Uh, just I think other people get brought in uh, who weren't any better than he would have been and I think he got a, a bit uh, you know, disillusioned with that. Uh, but I thought Mark was a good player. Final question. What is your memories of Ian Duran and how big a, a presence was he for you, with you at Kilmarnock? Oh, he was a, a huge personality. I mean, he, uh, he was somebody who... Uh, he treated everybody the same, whether you were the, uh, the youngest uh, apprentice or... Uh, one of the senior players, you know, he, he spared nobody in his, <laughs> in his comments and things. But no, he was, I mean, obviously he was an exceptional player for Kilmarnock, uh, albeit at a, late, a very late stage in his career. I mean, the, uh, the half of the game that he played against Celtic mm. in the uh, cup final was... Uh, you know, probably the best display that I've ever seen. Uh, anybody just running a game, uh, and and that, and as I say, he was he was a massive personality. And uh, when he he helped me with the youth setup, uh, and I sort of helped him uh, with the reserves for a, a couple of seasons, and you know, it was a, it was an education in more ways than one. Brilliant. We will take a wee look at what's coming up for Bonnet and over the next few weeks in the, the final part of the show. A few, a, a lot of home games in succession, Reese. How how important is that if if Bonnet are going to make a make a wee run? How important is it to get a, a win in the at the Synergy Arena and get can a wee run going? Aye, um, I think it's crucial for us. I think I think now we're at a point where we ju we just need points on the board. We start need to make kind of turn performance into results. Um, I would say game against Cumnock. Game against Cumnock, we played well. One-one mm. uh, draw again. Still, still not a, still not a win. Hurl for last week. I thought we made a, a good show ourselves. I think two-one, and then uh, they score from much in a chase in the game. But I felt we could have maybe, maybe nicked something in there. Had had a good chance in the game and missed it. You know, like you say, I think I think they won a game they worked on up as well. Still got um Blantyre to play, logs, um teams that are around our area, um around our area in the league. Um really important to pick up points against A teams and and hopefully a few a few bigger teams. Um again, coming to winter and winter months as well. You'd like to think that some teams wouldn't actually enjoy the away trip. You'll find that sometimes, hopefully. Um like I say, I think we just not need that bit more dig just to kind of grind out results. Again, it's a point where we don't even need to, we just need to get the win, just grind them out as, as, as much as we can, just 
and hopefully, like we say, we can, we can achieve that in the few, next, next few months. Yeah, definitely. Alan, what's your thoughts on the, the upcoming run for Bonn and then the kind of big home games? Is it important to establish a, a wee run in the next few weeks? Uh, very much so. I mean, I think we've got 21 games left and, you know, we need to to get a, a good number of points to uh, stay in the league. Uh, so that, that's obviously our aim. Uh, but, you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to uh, win your home games, really, regardless of the, the calibre of the opposition. Yeah, definitely. But we can only wish you all the best for the season ahead. And it's been an absolute pleasure to be on tonight. Thank you very much for coming on. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you to everyone who has tuned into the show. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and follow us on social media. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Cheers.